Hello. Hello, buddy people. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. My name is Rachel. And I'm Anna. And this is a small amount of drama. Or a lot amount of drama. Depends on the day. Mm-hmm. We recently did a photo shoot in Miami for our new podcast cover, which is exciting. It was thrilling. Absolutely thrilling. May or may not be up right now. So if you notice the new cover, that's what we did. The hard day's work right there. It was actually really funny because we literally spent like three hours taking pictures, posing, getting different shots, and then we ended up going with a completely random one (laughs) random candid of us like looking really stupid yep i'm carrying like all of our crap i have two pairs of sunglasses on in the picture my eyes are closed yeah i'm carrying a suitcase (laughs) filled with junk she's carrying all the clothes that we brought for the photo shoot and then we just ended up using a picture of us carrying the clothes yep so you live and you learn seems about right i feel like that portrays the podcast in the right light yeah so let us know what you think of the uh, the new cover art. I feel like it's more representative of the podcast than well, just... Well, considering it wasn't in the first one. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's more representative. I think we're exploring our brand. What does our brand mean? What do we want it to look like? Because before it was just kind of like I didn't have a brand for it. And I just wanted to see like where it would take us. And I feel like this is uh, on the right track. I have a question, but this might be an off the record question what is the brand i thought the brand was mostly your brand and then there's a little bit of me in the podcast as in like your brand of all of youtube and then there's i just happen to be in the podcast yes so that is still the idea but i feel like for as long as you're in most of the episodes (laughs) you can be in the picture okay okay so is the brand different though like i don't i'm not like in the youtube brand i don't think no the podcast is a separate entity oh yeah, okay. the podcast is like my silly, goofy, and real okay. side. And then the YouTube is more like edited, more aesthetic. Okay, this is off. More appealing to okay. the masses, and this is more like This niche. is not as appealing to the masses? Well, <laughs> I, maybe. It depends. I don't know. <laughs> it depends on who the masses so are. So the, the podcast is, doesn't have to match with the YouTube. Okay, that's fine. And if you ever stop being on the podcast, they'll just crop you out of the photo. <laughs> Just gone, axed out of existence. What if you stop the podcast and I continue the podcast? Have you ever considered that scenario? No, I have not. Probably because you do most of the work. Yeah, for the podcast, you wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs> That's mostly true. I could get the podcast going. I wouldn't want to do any of the Instagram and stuff. We all it. we start feuding. Our <laughs> audience splits. Half of them watch you. Half of them watch me. I think we could. I would probably get like three percent of all the followers. That's not true. I feel like a lot of people are here for you. <laughs> Let's see if I do a, if I ever do a solo episode, we'll see. Okay. Like, what are and the then stats? if I do a solo episode. True. Okay. Today's vocab word is sanguine. Yes, confidently optimistic. The young CEO is sanguine about the struggling company's future. I usually hear it in the context of almost insanity, but I don't think it necessarily has to have that connotation, but in terms of everyone else the world is falling around and they're just like chill about it yeah this is a good word i need to be more sanguine confidently optimistic Uh. (laughs) how was your week it was a good week it was a crazy weekend random but fun one of my uncles who lives in colorado texted me saturday morning right before we came to go take pictures and i was like hey we're uh we're going on a cruise today we leave out of fort lauderdale if you want to come hang out with us tonight i was like wow okay that was saturday (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> so it was Saturday. Well, then I had to go run because Sunday it was raining. So I ran after our photo shoot. Because I texted him, I was like, well, I'm in Miami this morning, which I never <laughs> doing. So like, I can go over later. And then I had to go run. And then I went over there and I was like, this is funny because I just, I see them maybe once a year, probably once every other year kind of thing. And then they were just in my backyard. So interesting. Well, and today's MLK day. Yep. So I took off of work. I had work off. The treasury market is closed. So I'm closed. Nice. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what my week was like. Yeah, I have no memory of this week. So <laughs> I cannot. It out. I don't even think I saw you this week. I don't think I did. No, it's a, it was a weird. It's been a weird time for me. Yeah. Yeah. Care to expound? Are you? No. Nope. All right. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I have amnesia. But anyways, today's episode is going to be about how to build and maintain good habits and also how to stop doing the bad ones. So habits. Habits in general. Okay. We're a little late to the new year habit thing, but... Well, I think that's a good thing because it should be forever, not just a new year It should be on a rolling basis, some would say. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) What's the stat? It's like a habit's only last nine days or something like that. I heard it was like it takes 30 days to build one and like 90 days to break one or something crazy. So, but I think there's like the new year's habits are done within like two weeks or something. Oh yeah. So we're like that second wave of like, oh crap. We're like, my, we're here to like keep you going exactly, or exactly. pushing you from the behind. Yeah. Come on, come on. It's late January. Yeah, exactly. It's not too late. So that way people are unmotivated, but then they hear this and like, oh, here's the fresh motivation I needed to keep going. Oh my gosh. That's, we actually purposely planned this one later yes. for that reason. We are so intentional. Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of habits, I, you guys know I'm doing notes from January. And one of my goals was to eat healthier. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what we used to do was like order food, order like a somewhat healthy dinner um, with vegetables or, you know, we would order food, which is not good for the budget, but it was better for the health. Now what we're doing is better for the health. I'm about to explain. Okay. <laughs> now what we're doing is we're not ordering food. But we are also not cooking more, so we are just eating like frozen meals and hot pockets, which is not good either. So I'm really struggling in a sense of I'm saving money, but I'm my health is worse. You're like going to college. Yeah. So I need to I need to find a balance of saving money, but also cooking more and just like eating better. And so AJ proposed an idea. In February, we can do a no junk food month okay so you can order healthy food so we can order healthy food but coming out of a no spend january we're still going to be budget conscious yeah so it's not like we're going to spend two thousand dollars on you know fancy healthy food we're still going to be like in that mindset of saving money but our february extreme challenge will be to not eat any junk food or at least limit it like no hot pockets no ramen i have a question yeah. I feel like you can find people on the interwebs, some would say YouTubers or the like, who have healthy bulk or easy to cook meals. I agree. There are people who do it. Yeah. I just struggle with it. Have you ever used like a, I mean, you have the air fryer, but like a crock pot meal is like the easiest thing in the world. And it's like, you don't even have to remember to take out the meat. It can be frozen. You just throw it I in. I know. I know. I know the solution. It's just for some reason, it's a big struggle that I have. Coming out of January and February, hopefully in March, we will be like well-rounded. We'll be like somewhat budget-friendly, somewhat healthier, and just like a good mix. I think I think a goal you should do is once a week, make one meal in bulk and just 
will have one night that you're trying to do one big deal just to start so that you only hit your life one day a week but then just see how it goes yeah but what would happen is we like if i made let's say bulk chicken okay we would get tired the second day and we would not eat the rest of it and we would like order food by the end of 2022 i'll do it one challenge a month okay by the end of 2022 i'll figure out a system that works for me that's my goal okay i'm not anti this either i'm pro i'm just throwing out ideas so what are some habits you'd like to be more consistent in or implement number one would be better sleep habits but i kind of alluded to this earlier in the podcast that if something's going to go it will be sleep in terms of i need more time i don't think that's the best solution at all but i think that's one area that i could definitely be healthier in and it's really important and i know it's really important and i just don't do it my first habit that i'd like to be more consistent in is my skincare more specifically retin-a which is a specific cream that my mom gave me my mom is a dermatologist to shed the first layer of your skin and once you consistently put it on your skin is constantly regenerating skin cells i don't know don't quote me on that but it's it's good for your skin i'm currently doing it like once a week i want to get to a point where i'm doing it once a day are how you yeah right? well how are you not doing that what do you mean i just don't do it like i'm lazy it's like taking a pill you just i just thought because the doctor prescribed it, i just need to do it so like at night before i go to bed i just put it on and we'll get into this later but <laughs> and i was like i don't understand just do it if you went to a doctor and they gave you medicine to do something to make you better would you just maybe sometimes not do it no like, no I no just, like i take my birth control if i was prescribed like heart medication i would take it but this is not unnecessary this is elective exactly okay i think my number two or it probably should be number one but it's number two on my list right now is prayer too i would like that to be my first response to things rather than searching things online and i feel bad about this but i set aside five minutes like just straight five minutes in the morning when i read my devotions to just pray and it's so sad to me that it's only five minutes kind of when you think about it but i know if i don't i won't sit there and just like have a time to pray at least at all but i'm like wow i can only give god five minutes of my time to talk to him that is not sad at all i think that's really good i think it's bad that i have to do it but it's better than nothing yeah but i want to increase it and i want it to be natural rather than having to yeah i remember in college i used to have a really good habit of waking up and doing like a 30 minute quiet time yeah where i would just like because i didn't have anything to do yeah i was bored so i like did my devotion for a full 30 minutes sometimes an hour and that and then now it's like if i get two or three devotions in a week that's a good week for me so okay don't feel so bad because you know i'm worse than you <laughs> That I will always read my Bible though too, but that's like the legalistic part of me, the, the robot part of me, I guess. Like I also won't go to bed before I do that. And with that is the five minutes, but the fact that I have to check it off. Yeah, it's, it's only, like, like checking like, yeah. it off a list. And versus... like I'll so easily spend 20 minutes on my phone before I go to bed on Instagram. Oh, don't even get me and, started. But I, the fact that I have to like isolate five minutes of my life in the morning to pray is like sad to me. Yeah, it's human nature. My second one is the same thing. My second goal is daily devotion. I would like to get to a point where I'm doing it daily. I haven't decided whether it's going to be in the morning or at night. I just want to get to a point where it happens. It I happens. think deciding morning or night would be helpful to make sure it does happen. Yes. Uh, my last one is read more. I think all three of those things could actually go together. Sleep, read, and pray <laughs> like, yeah. in terms of whatever. Uh, and I don't necessarily feel super convicted about this because I listen to a lot of audiobooks. And I, I have read a lot the last year, but I think reading more instead of going on my phone before bed would be my alternative 
because I don't feel bad about watching TV shows over reading sometimes because I'm like, well, they're just different forms of entertainment and it's okay. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's more reading instead of being on my phone. Mm-hmm. That's freaky because mine is the exact same thing. Read before bed instead of phone yeah. is what I wrote. So this also like triggers my anxiety when I find myself on my phone a lot before bed, especially like TikTok and Instagram. I just like can't sleep for two hours. But if I have a reading session, I'm like sleep. falling yeah. asleep. Yeah. So well, I think that's the hard part about like I will much rather stay up late and watching TV, and it's harder for me to do that while reading a book. But then I'm like, well, I need to sleep more, so that's probably fine. If I read for 45 minutes instead of watching two hours of TV and then I sleep for the extra hour and 15, that's like answering three of my questions right there. Exactly. What are some habits you'd like to do less or stop completely? I mean, on my phone less, I the weekly update of how much screen time you have. I again. never check that. Well, when it's again convicting. I'm like, oh, two hours and 30 minutes. Good thing I spent those five minutes praying in the morning. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Yours so is sad. only two hours. Mine is like four to six. Okay, well, I try to get mine lower though too. Yeah, I don't really care how much screen time I have, to be honest. Like, I don't use that as a metric. Yeah, mine's really bad. Like, we'll be watching TV and I'll be on my phone too. Yeah, exactly. We need to be entertained in all different directions. And you can't do that while reading, which is why I think it's good too. Uh huh. Reading is really good because it completely isolates the mind. And in a it, good way. Yeah, and it like takes me out of my worries and my stress yeah. and I'm completely into the book that I'm reading, which is so good for my anxiety and like helps me to just like chill out. And you have to do the work of envisioning the world in which they are creating and filling in the gaps of the characters and stuff, which while you're watching TV, it's the opposite. If it's all presented in front of you and there are some foregoing, like you have to think about the ending or whatever sometimes. Yeah. Speaking of TV, TV, I started Succession. Yeah, you like it? Did you say it was one of your favorite shows? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm only like four episodes in. I don't see it being like one of my top five, top 10, but I could see the attractiveness of it. I didn't put it on my top three, just to clarify. Okay. I was going to say, I hope not because it's not that good. Well, okay. I recently rewatched the first couple episodes with my parents while I was home and it starts off a lot slower than I realized too. So it'll Um, pick up. Correct. Because I, again, that's why I'm watching Better Call Saul again right now because the last one's coming out and it's slow to start because it's like, oh, you have to build up the people. And then once you get the people, you're like, this is amazing. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be somewhat of a comedy too. Oh yeah. No, it's a uh, dark humor, like satirical. <laughs> We're talking about the show Succession on HBO Max in case anybody's interested. It's about a group of four kids whose father is like a huge tech giant or like media business media giant, business yeah. giant and the father's like retiring and then the kids are like trying to take over so and they're very, all dumb it's very relatable <laughs> to me <laughs> it is amazing though once you get into it you're like this is just it's just a great picture of like human depravity too you're like oh yeah i can't believe they just did that one habit that i would like to stop is compulsively checking instagram especially while I'm at work. I do this habit mostly when I'm bored. So it's interesting because when I come home from work, I'm like never on my phone. People text me, I don't text back because I'm just, I'm like doing stuff with AJ, I'm working out, I'm making dinner or ordering dinner (laughs) or microwaving dinner. But when I'm bored at work, like after I finish a task, I can't start the next task on my to-do list until I check Instagram. It's a little reward you give yourself for moving on. It's like a reward. 
Um, yeah, it's really bad. I probably refresh Instagram 50 times a day. That's probably an understatement, honestly. It probably is. Isn't there a way you can check how many times you go on? So I guess that could be your metric too. I don't want to know. Oh, okay. It'll make me feel like crap. <laughs> well, if you're trying to lessen it, you probably need to know yeah. what your baseline is. We're going to get into like how to actually okay. Sorry. do these yeah, yeah. habits. So I, I'm going to see like which, yeah. which tactic will help me the most here. Another one for me, I don't see one for you. Is that your only one? Well, phone less is kind of all encompassing, but I agree with uh, most of yours as well. Like the Instagram one, I don't do it so much at work, but I will, I notice it when I check it, I do something else and then I go back and check it. And I'm like, I was just on here nothing's changed. And that's why I'm yeah. like, wow, that's me doing it out of boredom. Yeah. Where exactly. I'm like, that's, I sh- what else could I be doing right now? And I only follow like a hundred people. Some people follow thousands of people and you will always have a new picture to see, a new story to see, but I refresh it. And nothing comes exactly. up like for the next two hours because yeah. I don't follow that many people because I like yeah. try to be a minimalist when it comes to like digital media. So at least I'm doing a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but even if nothing comes up, it's just like it, it relieves like an urge or like a tick. Yeah. Like I just have to do it. We are addicted at the core. <laughs> I, I need to go to rehab. <laughs> uh, the next one, which I'm sure everyone agrees with, is not checking your phone or like social media right when you wake up. So what I do is I wake up at 6.42, usually, it's my alarm, and then I grab my phone and I check my YouTube stats, I check what comments I got, I check Instagram, I check my DMs, I check everything. So on one side of the argument, I shouldn't be checking my social media, especially my statistics, <laughs> like as soon as I wake up. But on the other hand, when am I supposed to check it? Because it is kind of part of my job to like know what's going on, see if I got canceled that morning, you know, see what's happening. So maybe I just check it like 10 minutes later as I'm getting dressed or like I can't check it at work. I shouldn't at least. So when idea. am I supposed to check it? What I try to do is when I wake up, I look at my phone and I will check the notifications, you know, to make sure phone calls and whatever, like yeah. uh, emergencies. But I don't try not to. I won't say I'm a pro at this, but I try not to go on it until after I'm done with my devotions. So brush my teeth, drink my coffee, read my Bible, and then I can go on my phone after that. Okay. That's so perfect world scenario. Does it happen? Very rarely. So I don't have that much of a morning routine. I kind of just wake up, drink my coffee, get dressed and go. So I would have to like wake up earlier, do my devotion and like set aside 10 minutes to, I don't know. It is kind of weird to me that it's my first thing that I check in the morning. I do feel bad about that. Where I'm like the most important thing for me is that I go on my, and I will say too, like if I go to the bathroom in the morning, which I do, that's usually when I will go on social media too, where I'm like, oh, and that's before I read my Bible too. So then I'm like, well, how is this so important to me that I need to check this right now? Yeah. And also another argument for doing this is that it helps me wake up. Because at like 6.40, I don't want to get up. I'm like, I can't even open my eyes. But like taking a few minutes to scroll through my phone honestly does wake me up. So by 7 a.m., I'm like up and ready to go. Versus like me getting up groggy, like going slopping over to the coffee machine. Like it just, it's a different vibe. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't know there's anything inherently wrong with it. So I guess, but if you're, if you are saying that you don't want to do it, then. Well, everyone's saying that they want to stop doing it. So I feel kind of left out. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I think it's like, uh, I'm so addicted that the first thing I need to do in the morning is to check how I am doing on the internet. Agreed. You know what I mean? So 100%, like, yeah. But if you're like, well, it wakes me up, and then like, like, okay, there you go. But like, I don't know. Or maybe I should like read my Bible on my phone. Uh, yeah, I mean, do you need the screen to wake up? Is that what you're saying? Versus, yeah, like, I a, do a need the paper? screen because it's dark. It's still dark at that time. 
I know, I wake up at the same time. <laughs> and I'm also sitting in the darkness reading my Bible. So anyways, <laughs> maybe I'll figure it out as we go on. But we're going to talk about some things that will help us achieve these habits. More specifically, Atomic Habits, the book by, I don't remember his name, but I listened to it on Audible recently. And this podcast is sponsored by Audible. I'm just kidding. That would be cool, though. That would be cool. Uh, for reference, I haven't read it yet because I have not. I'm still waiting in line at the library to get it for the audiobook. So you're waiting in line for an audiobook. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Like you only have a certain number of licenses that they have for audiobooks. So I'm oh, like uh, okay, queued up or whatever. I see. Well, but, you would really like it because it's very data oriented. Yeah, no, I've uh, looked into it and I've gotten a couple of synopsis emails from, not from the author, but... You should use my link for a free trial. Everyone should get a library card. Most books you want are available and fine, or you just have to wait a couple weeks to get it. Okay, so so I'm going to go through, there's this article on medium.com. It's by Aiden... It's by Aiden Hornsby, and he basically outlines the main points of this book, Atomic Habits. As we go through these suggestions, we're going to... Provide our opinions on the topics? No. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take the habits that we want to do or stop doing and like use these techniques. Okay. Yes. Okay, so the first main point is that small improvements accumulate into remarkable results. Habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. The same way that money multiplies through compound interest, the effects of your habits multiply as you repeat them. So there's a chart here, and if you want to see the chart, we will have a Instagram highlight with the graphics, because it's actually really cool graphics. There's this graph here, and it shows an increase and a decrease for 1%. So a 1% improvement every single day over 10, 20, 30 years you're like at the top of the chart by the time you're like 50, 60. But a 1% decline every day, you're like at the bottom of the chart. Uh, So basically the point is get 1% better every day. During my undergrad for APK, one of the, we had had a sports psychology class, which was pretty much all about motivation for athletes because that's what they go through or whatever. And one of the things is SMART goals, which is small, attainable, uh results there's like whatever it stands for something but anyway the attainable one is this where it's like or the small one small attainable ones where it's just like one percent is exactly the main thing that you're just compounding interest I like for example interest for example me putting on my retin-a is like such a my night cream is such a small thing but in, in terms of my skin success the success of my skin the way it looks the beauty of it whatever by the age 50 if i do my retin-a every day i will have beautiful skin versus if i don't i will not have beautiful skin so it's such a small thing but over time it really does compound yeah it ties into finance yeah exactly it's we're the like, same idea yeah. as investing we're really bad at long-term goals like seeing the benefit of long-term small things yeah An example he gave in the book was working out. So when you work out a little bit every day, you may not see results for a few months, but there is this crucial point where all of a sudden you will see a result and your work compounds on itself. And it just gets easier too. Yeah, exactly. You get stronger, your habit builds up, you enjoy it more. It's just, it's a thing. Okay, so knowledge. Learning one new idea won't make you a genius, but a commitment to lifelong learning can be transformative. This can very easily tie into our reading because I learn so much from reading. Even like I'll sit there be reading on the couch and if I don't know a word, I'm like, hey, Google. And then I ask it to say the word and that's how I pick up new words. Yeah. And I try to implement them. Like sanguine. Sanguine, <laughs> actually. Actually, I got that one from a podcast. But... Rhymes with penguin. 
Relationships, people reflect your behavior back to you. The more you help others, the more others want to help you. Imagine this over a lifetime, like having superfluous relationships that just benefit you. Something Anna's good at. Well, I think you just said the opposite though. Have all these relationships that benefit you, but really we're trying (laughs) to have relationships that benefit others. Of course. I'm just thinking like in a selfish way, it, it does benefit you to have a lot of good friendships. Yeah, so, you're doing good. But you don't, the whole point is to not be selfish. But yes, I, I yeah. <laughs> it's, I it's am the, a selfish girl. <laughs> okay, you want to read the stress one? I do want to read the stress one. By themselves, common causes of stress are manageable, but when they persist for years, little stresses compound into serious health issues. So the same way you can compound upwards, you can also compound downwards. Yep. We're having technical issues with Ooh, Anna's okay, mic. If you hear something like staticky, it's... We're working on it, okay? I, I see this a lot in uh, training for runs because of injuries and stuff like that, too. Like, you feel a little bit of pain, you try to go through it, and then it becomes a huge injury at the end because you're just running through it or something, compounding. Like, stress fractures. Stress fractures is the actual example of this. Mm-hmm. And then negative thoughts. The more you think of yourself as worthless, stupid, ugly, the more you condition yourself to interpret life that way. The same is true for how you think about others. This is 100% true. Because I know for me, I struggle with negative thoughts and they can compound so quickly if you let them. So it's very important to basically just be a little bit better every day. Work on one small thing every day. I think it's interesting. The same is true for how you think about others. That's a little convicting too, because it's not only just a you thing. It's how do I perceive my friends around me? Am I thinking they're stupid or ugly? You know, you know what I mean? Like it's, You're ugly. I like it. But I mean, it's not just you. Like Yeah, that's very true. Because something that is related to this is like gossiping. Yeah. Which can be kind of a sin that we let slide sometimes. Yeah. But it can be one of the most toxic things. And I'm guilty of it all the time because i'm addicted to the drama <laughs> just a small amount though yeah exactly a small amount i'm just kidding we <laughs> need to get the edge off <laughs> we need to cancel that okay the next main point is that instead of focusing on the goal focus on the system instead if you're having trouble changing your habits the problem isn't you The problem is your system. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Oh yeah, and this makes complete sense. If you have like a lofty goal, but you have no plan to get there. Exactly. It's like, yeah, I feel like this is self-explanatory. But very rarely done. Correct. Because it's the same thing. I think you need to define metrics. Like you want to go on your phone list. Well, can we find how often you're on your phone? And can we see... What or percentage I want to eat healthier. Yeah. It's like, okay, what am I actually going to yeah, do? Exactly. Like, are you going to pick a day of the week to do it? What are your, what are your systems in place? Systems and operations. Exactly. That's my master's. <laughs> Goals are about the results you want to achieve. Systems are about the processes that lead to those results. Goals are good for setting a direction, but systems are best for making progress. Okay, so then moving on to the next thing, he basically breaks down any habit into four quadrants. Quadrants. Again, you can see the graph on our Instagram. It's interesting. He starts in the top left quadrant. Where is it supposed to start? Top right is Q1. You think about the X and Y axis. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's like the first time I've ever seen that. So the first thing is the Q. The second is the craving. The third is reward. And the fourth, I'm sorry, it goes the other way. <laughs> no, you got it right. It goes you clockwise. You just skipped response. <laughs> it goes cue, craving, response, reward. And we'll go over these. Okay. So cue, make it obvious. Craving, make it attractive. Response, make it easy. 
reward, make it satisfying. And we'll break down these in a second. And then if you wanna break a habit, you just do the opposite. Cue, make it invisible. Craving, make it unattractive. Response, make it difficult. Reward, make it unsatisfying. There's this box of cereal that I like to buy, and I know that if I buy it, I will eat it all in like a day. And it's the family size, so it's really Which bad. Which cereal is it? Honey Nut Checks. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that's so random. So I love to eat it, but I can't, I know this by myself, I cannot do portion control, but I'm really good at not getting it. Mm-hmm. So I will just not get it so that it's not in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Last week, I was mad because I drove to Walmart. Walmart was closed. I had to go to the different Walmart. And then while I'm at the other Walmart, I'm like, well, I may as well buy these freaking Honey Nut Checks while I'm here because I'm pissed. Bought the Honey Nut Checks. Ate a bunch tonight, right? And I know that if I see them in my pantry, I'm more likely to eat them. So before I went to bed that night so that I did not eat them the next day, this only half worked, I hid them behind my toilet paper in the pantry just so that I wouldn't visibly see them Yeah. and eat them. That's valid. I still ate the whole box in like 48 hours, but it helped for like a little bit. And then I remembered halfway through work that they were in there and I was like, oh, I can go eat them. Definitely. So invisibility kind of works. Okay. So we're going to go over the first law, which is cue, make it attractive. So the first idea here is habit stacking. So that means you pair your new habit with a habit that you already do. After I current habit, I will new habit. Example. After I pour my cup of coffee, I will meditate for one minute. After I take off my work shoes, I will immediately change into my workout clothes. I would agree with this. I've done that before, especially with the exercise. Motivation is overrated. Environment often matters more. Like Anna said, just changing your environment to hide something that isn't good for you can make a big difference. Laying out your work clothes or your exercise clothes in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's a That's my Tuesday morning routine. Habits can be easier to change in a new environment. Go to a new place, a different coffee shop, a bench in the park, a corner in your room that you seldom use, and create a new routine in that new space. So the idea is, instead of trying to run from temptation, like Anna looking at the box of cereal and trying to resist the temptation, she can just make her environment better suitable for her. So she will hide the cereal, that way, it takes an extra step, an extra thought to do the bad habit. Yeah. Another thing I did too is the day I got it, this is another te- like technique, also failed. The cereal is my downfall, let me tell you. <laughs> but I got it and I immediately like broke down the entire box into little Ziploc bags so that I was like, well, I have eight bags, so this better last me at least eight days. You just eat one portion at a time? Yeah, portion control. That's really good. And then I put those into a box and I just grabbed one a day. But That's then I very found smart. myself getting too it. <laughs> but the idea was there. <laughs> That's hilarious. So for me, I guess, to not check my phone in the morning, if that is something I want to pursue, I could just not sleep with my phone on my nightstand. Yeah, but then I would have to that. get like a physical alarm clock. So there are definitely things you can do to just remove the object from your presence. You don't have an alarm clock? You have a clock in your room? No, I just use my phone. Hmm. Don't most people? I, th- I don't know. I, th- I think most people have a clock in their room. I don't think so. I have a clock in my room. Let us know. Do you have a clock in your room or do you just use your phone? (laughs) Or a watch, I guess, too. But yeah, I guess you have neither. Interesting. So the second law is how to make it more attractive. We need to make our habits more attractive because it's the expectation of rewarding experience that motivates us to act in the first place. So we have to be rewarded, essentially, to keep doing stuff. Most humans need a reward. Yeah, and I think it makes sense to like, especially to while you're building the habit before it becomes just natural. Temptation bundling can make your habits more attractive. Perhaps you want to hear about the latest celebrity gossip, but you need to get in shape. 
Using temptation bundling, you could only read the tabloids and watch reality TV shows at the gym. That's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah. That is very good. So like sometimes I have a weird urge to watch like Selling Sunset or Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I don't None do of it. Which are bad. I don't do it often, <laughs> but this would be a good example. Like I could just do it while I'm cycling on my yeah. home cycle or yeah. what is it called? Home bike? I don't know. Stationary bike. Oh. I thought you meant the exact brand. Uh, so the role of family and friends in shaping your habits, I think this is very, very integral. So one of the most effective things you can do to build other habits is to join a culture where one, your desired behavior is the normal behavior, and two, you already have something in common with the group. 100%. If you're hanging out with people who are super fit, you're most likely going to start working out more. If you're hanging out with drug addicts, you may dabble <laughs> in a little bit of weed. The extremes. <laughs> Uh, or, you know, if you're hanging out with people who run a lot, but also smoke a lot of weed, then maybe you get both worlds, you know? <laughs> get the best of both yeah, worlds. Exactly. If a behavior can get us approval, respect, and praise, we find it attractive. So if I'm hanging out with Anna, I get praise for being active. If I hang out with friends who gossip, I will get praise when I bring them a hot slice of drama. A hot slice <laughs> of drama. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what do you do if you're that friend, though? How do you find other friends? I don't know. Like if your friends so you- are bad? I guess you just need, yeah. Oof, that's a whole nother podcast. Okay, you're right, sorry. Uh, how to find and fix the causes of your bad habits. Reframing your habits to highlight their benefits rather than their drawbacks is a fast and lightweight way to reprogram your mind and make a habit seem more attractive. Instead of telling yourself, I need to go run in the morning, say, it's time to build endurance and get fast, like Anna. Those would be two different training programs, though, but I like his idea. So, question. Yes, ma'am. When you are experiencing a feeling of not wanting to run on that particular day, okay, what do you tell yourself to motivate you? Different scenarios. Right now, it's a little different, I will say. Because I am training for a race, I have already financially committed and paid for a race, okay. and I want to be in shape for that so that's a real motivation but that alone would not be that much that's less of a motivation than the fact that i'm running it with 30 people that i know so again the friends the community oh for sure i this like last month of doing this is like a to an like a t the example of all this of like building your friend group getting other people who don't normally do it to start hanging out with people who do run and then there's social media involved so it's like keeping accountable with everyone knows on saturday you're supposed to do your long run so everyone's giving each other on Strava. Yeah, exactly. No, really. So everyone's like checking in with people, giving praise, giving kudos, commenting, being excited. And like, no one cares about how well you're doing. It's just the fact that you're doing it kind of thing. Right. I don't know. I think it's just that I know I will feel better after. And I know that for a fact, like I've never felt worse after I've gone on a run. Mm -hmm. So it's always like, even if I don't want to, I will feel better after the third law, make it easy. Okay, this one's actually really interesting. So it's about the law of least effort and the fact that repetition is better than perfection. You don't need to map out every feature of a new habit. You just need to practice it. Basically, you just need to get your reps in. This means that simply putting in your reps is one of the most critical steps you can take to encoding data, a new habit. This is 100% true going through the motions, even if it's just the beginning of a new habit. For example, if you are trying to go to the gym more, simply putting on your shoes 
in the afternoon or the morning is like a gateway habit to the habit of actually working out. So putting on your shoes, grabbing your car keys, filling up your water bottle, those are habits that you can introduce as like a baby step into the real habit. Yeah, or going with a friend and then just doing some exercise versus being worried about having the plan for the specific thing I want to grow. Like you're just going there and you're going through the motions and getting the mechanics down. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of doing mechanics first. And then once I understand the process, then I just keep doing it. So I'll learn from someone who knows more about it, the mechanics at a low risk rate, and then go and do it at my higher level. Yeah. And then there's a two minute rule. The two minute rule states when you start a new habit, it should take less than two minutes to do. Start by mastering the first two minutes of the smallest version of the behavior. Like I said, coming home, you change immediately into your workout clothes. That takes less than two minutes. Then advance to intermediate step and repeat the process. Focusing on just the first two minutes and mastering that stage before moving on to the next level. Eventually, you'll end up with the habit you had originally hoped to build while still keeping your focus where it should be on the first two minutes of the of the behavior. So how are you going to do that when you're cooking? So he gave an example. I, I don't know the cooking example, but he gave a workout one where he was like, go to the gym for two minutes and you can leave after two minutes if you feel like it. But most likely you will stay for longer than two minutes. But having the freedom to stop after two minutes is what completely changes the mindset. It's like, oh, I'm at the gym. I have to be here for 30 minutes. What am I going to do? I'm so bored. I don't want to be here. But if you're like, oh, okay, I can leave in two minutes if I want to, it's like a escape door. But most people stay. Okay. That makes so, sense. Yeah. You so may start the option out. Yeah. Out. You may start out yeah. the first few weeks leaving, but then you'll be like, you know what? I'm here. Might as well like do 10 yeah. pushups and then it snowballs. You want to read the becoming vegan one? So an example would be phase one of becoming a vegan. Start eating vegetables at each meal. So I guess you never ate vegetables and now you're adding vegetables. And then two, stop eating animals with four legs. So not just going cold turkey. You're just, you know, limiting four legs. So cow, pig, lamb. Phase three, stop eating animals with two legs, chicken and turkey. And then phase four, stopping animals with no legs, fish, clams, scallops, etc. And then phase five is now you're stopping animal products at all. So it's slowly dwindling out rather than just going from zero to hundred. Yep. Never going to be a vegan. (laughs) (laughs) The fourth law, make it satisfying. What is rewarded is repeated. What is punished is avoided. That's very accurate. Making it satisfying will increase the odds that a behavior will be repeated next time. I think this is interesting because when you grow up playing sports, right? What is the punishment? Running, you know? And so when I, a lot of friends who are athletes hate running as a result after, because it's the punishment. When it's interesting because it's probably one of the best things for you as an athlete too. <laughs> How does that relate to building a habit? What is punished is avoided. So people then get hurt by that and then try to avoid it when they realize that it is. Okay. And what is rewarded is repeated. That's more self-explanatory. So this could be twofold. It could be integrating habit stacking for me and a reward. So for example, I want to put my night cream on. If I don't put my night cream on, I cannot go on Instagram after I brush my teeth, which is typically when I put my night cream on. Okay. So that's a punishment. Or I could do, if I do put my night cream on, I can go on Instagram. I probably shouldn't do Instagram anyway, but I'm just thinking of like- Well, you're slowly getting into phase one, phase two, phase three. So that could be a small way where I start putting my night cream on because I want to go on TikTok or Instagram. 
so why do you why how are you able to like brush your teeth but not just put the night cream on like what is the difference i feel like they're both hygienic benefits if i don't brush my teeth i get cavities if i don't put my night cream on nothing happens i immediately i age normally (laughs) i see so it's just the immediate reaction again yeah Although I still feel like brush your teeth long term, you could probably get away with it for a little bit. Although you have bad cavities. <laughs> I do have. I'm prone. I'm cavity prone. So it's a, it's a struggle for me. I brush my teeth three times a day. <laughs> Anyways, how can we relate this uh, to our habits that we want to build? Reading more. How are you going to implement some of these strategies? For reading more, it's going to be... I, I think I just need to have a hard line of when I can stop watching TV. So to kind of tie in going to bed earlier and reading more, I'll be like, okay, I can't watch TV past 11.30. But typically I go to bed at like 12.30. So I'm like, I can still stay up till 12.30 if I want to, but I have to be reading if that's what I want to do. Okay, but to implement one of these, it would be like, if I, if I keep watching TV past 11.30... I have to go to bed right after. If I stop watching, like let's say you watch till 11.45, boom, you have to go to sleep. Like you can't do anything else. Yeah. But if I stop before 11.30, I can read or I can go on my phone. Yeah. So like introducing a positive or a negative. Maybe I'll try that then. We'll let you know if any of these work next week. I think I'm just going to watch TV till 12.30 and then I'm going to go back into the cycle again. I got to have to think about it. Yeah. Last point, how to stick with good habits every day. If you miss one day, get back into it as quickly as possible. Charlie Munger says, the first rule of compounding, never interrupt it unnecessarily. This is why bad workouts are often the most important ones. Sluggish days and bad workouts maintain the compound gains you accrued from previous good days. Simply doing something, whether it's 10 squats, five sprints, a push-up, anything really, is huge. Don't put up a zero. Don't let losses eat into your compounding. Very true. Yeah, I think this is valid throughout all. I mean, finance, fitness, whatever, it's the same. And it just becomes easier to keep doing it once you're on a roll. I think this is especially true with devotion. Or at least I feel like it's true when people say, oh, I feel kind of distant from God. Like, I haven't read my Bible in three months. That doesn't mean you can't start today. That doesn't mean you can't get back on track whenever you want Yeah. And I feel like people think God is mad at them, but that's totally not true. Totally making a sermon out of this, but... Well, I mean, even if you were, his response would be... I forgive you. Yeah. And to start, like, he wants wants to communion with us and we're just not doing it. Yeah. It's not like there's a rule where you have to pray every single day for 30 minutes or, or whatnot. Anything is better than nothing. And then if you implement these habits, you'll most likely make progress. I think there's nothing wrong with setting it up to like, even if you're like, well, I just might as well go through the mechanics. It can't hurt to have it. Like if the alternative is not doing it at all, mm-hmm. then it's just way better to at least have the structure set up. You could get a devotion book where it's like one page a day, gives you a couple of verses, gives you like a quick snippet. Is that the most ideal devotion to have? Absolutely not. But it's a stepping stone. It's a two minute thing. Yeah. It's a two minute devotion. It's the phase. It's the... And it will lead most likely over time to you reading the Bible on your own, to you exploring other things, you know. It's the cutting out the four legged animals. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I think, uh, I think the book is helpful. I think it's interesting. Another thing that he said was to identify as the person who does that habit. So instead of saying, I want to eat healthier, you say... I want to be a person who eats healthy. I want to be that identity. I want that to be part of me. And that sense of identity is so 
integral to who we are that we want to satisfy that identity. I don't know if that makes any sense, but... Oh, I do this. So if I don't want to exercise in the morning, I will oftentimes at night to hype myself up. I go on Instagram and I'll look up my watch tag, right? So like find who else has tagged my watch. I'm like, I'm hyped. Look at all these pictures of them running. Like I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm going to wake up and like do it because look how happy they are running and I'm ready to go. You want to be a person who runs yeah. and like so I look at in. them and I get hyped by it. That's good. I do that too sometimes with working out. That's probably a slippery slope though, I guess, but <laughs> yeah, and then you're just on Instagram more. Um, okay. So I wanted to end with this one excerpt I read from the book. It's the quality versus quantity photo challenge. So basically a college professor was doing an experiment. He had a class of photographers and he gave half the class the assignment to take as many pictures as they can. Their grade would be based on the qual quantity of photos. So the more photos, the higher the grade. The other half of the class was assigned quality. So they would only need to produce one photo, but it had to be amazing. Had to be like the best photo they ever take. At the end of the semester, the group that took the most photos actually produced better pictures. So out of, let's say 500 photos that they took from that group of 500, there was one that was better in every case than the group who only produced one. So the idea is stop overthinking and just do. Don't try to be perfect. Just put your reps in. Yeah. Analysis paralysis, right? Yeah. Applies to YouTube too. Don't, if you're trying to start a channel, don't criticize yourself and overthink. What are people going to think? Well, I don't have the best camera. I don't have the best editing. Just put out content and that is what will give you the mastery that you're looking for. Yeah, it's, it's like practice makes perfect. Yeah, just wanted to say that. So I guess looking back at our habits, are we gonna we gonna make our chains? We're we gonna live radically this year. I'm sanguine about it. Yeah, that's that's a good place to be. I'd say. Frick I am confidently me. optimistic about 2022. I feel like a borderlines irrational behavior is the word. That's how it comes to my mind. That's also how I've heard it used. Like, oh wow, they're like irrationally sanguine. Maybe it is. I don't. I think that's just a con, like a connotation of it. I don't yeah. think it's necessarily the word itself. It's, that's when I've heard I it don't employed, think, though. I don't think it's pejorative. <laughs> Do you know what that means? No. Pejorative means negative connotation. Okay. Well, <laughs> correct. I don't think. Well, I don't think sanguine is pejorative. Okay. <laughs> Look at you. You're just a little walking dictionary. <laughs> little webster over here so let us know on our instagram if you identify with any of these uh tell systems us, tell us how yeah tell us a system you have created to motivate yourself for a newly created habit that you want to do okay homework for you and me though we actually have to choose one of these habits and one of these systems and, and make like, our system do a test and see next week if we are more consistent with it okay i like it I like it. Keep you accountable. Yeah, keep me account. I need an accountability partner. So yeah, follow us on Instagram to see these graphs, these charts to connect with us, a small amount of drama. Yeah. I also have a YouTube channel, Rachel Vin. Let us know what you think about the new art. Yeah, stay tuned for the new pictures that are going up. Picture that's going up. Yeah. It was a lot of hard work and dedication. To when. get a stupid <laughs> yeah. photo. I was way out of my comfort zone too. So really? you guys get to see, I hate taking pictures. I like, you're like really good at it though. Like you go with the flow. Correct, but it's not natural. I see. It's not natural for me either. I like, hate I it. Make it like, no. I actually, no, no, I don't I believe hate that. it. I like the result. I like to see like bomb ass pictures of myself, but I hate the process. It's so draining. Okay, but you know, draining and hating is different. I was like actively 
I was looking forward to hanging out with you guys, but I was actively not looking forward to there being t- pictures that were just taken of me. Okay. I like hate that. Well, I appreciate your sacrifice. No, I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm just saying it was out of my comfort zone. It's good. Well, I didn't. How did you not know that? I feel like I'm like anti being in pictures all of the time. No, that's not true at all. You're like very easygoing. That's. I guess yeah. At least you mask it well. <laughs> I feel like I'm not hiding that well. Like I feel like I like I had to tell myself like be in a good mood while you're doing this. Don't be annoying. That is so crazy to me. Because <laughs> you're like the least <laughs> annoying person ever. I cannot imagine you being like. Ugh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I felt like I was, even while we were doing it. That's so interesting. One's going to be like, wow, they're very, really good friends. They don't know each other. <laughs> okay, thank you. Bye. Bye.